Welcome to Clarity to Launch, the podcast. I'm your host, Natanya Bravo, founder of the Bravo Life, business and mindset coach, and a woman on a mission to help you acknowledge that internal whisper and gain the clarity you need to launch a life you truly love. Years ago, I followed my own whisper and took a leap of faith, leaving behind a six-figure salary and everything I knew to fulfill a one-day dream of moving to Paris. That one tough decision led me to creating a seven-figure business, marrying the love of my life, and helping thousands of women use their passions to uncover their purpose and create the income and impact they were born to. It all boiled down to one decision. Was I going to keep telling myself one day or make today day one? Now it's your turn to decide. Clarity to Launch is here to give you the tools you need to guide you along the way. All you have to do is decide. So are you ready? It's time to launch the life you were born to live. Hey, Milana, welcome to the Clarity to Launch podcast. I am so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. (laughs) We have been friends for a really long time, but also gotten to witness your entrepreneurial journey, which I'm really excited to talk about today. For anyone that doesn't know Milana yet, Milana is one of the leading voices in wellness. She is a trusted source for wellness expertise to a diverse global community of brands, celebrities, companies, and even the royal family. She's a former model, which we're going to talk about your project Runway Win, turned wellness entrepreneur and healer. And she's really carved out a unique and modern path for her mission of deep healing for everyone, which she shares through her company, Wellness Official. And I'd love to start there and just have you share a bit about from the beginning, what that journey was like, even leading up to coming up with the idea for Wellness Official. I've had the advantage of being able to witness that evolution, but for anyone that hasn't, it's just getting to know you or follows you and maybe hasn't seen kind of the behind the scenes, I'd love for you to share a bit about how, what even sparked the idea for Wellness Official. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm excited to be here on the podcast. Congratulations. Very exciting. And it's also been really cool to see you do your thing from up close and afar. So I, I'm just, this is a very cool moment. <laughs> and I want to acknowledge that. Come so far, I would just have to also say we've come so far from Harlem. Milana and I met on 125th Street at our old job. And <laughs> with the, the journey from there to here, it's been like over 10 years, which is crazy to think about. But yeah, yeah, a lot has changed. And, you know, I, I guess the first part to answer your question is, you know, wellness official for me was actually one of the most transformational things in my life to come along. And I, and I didn't expect wellness official to become what it's become because it was actually very much a part of a healing process that I was having at the time. This was in 2017 coming out of a a disastrous end to my first business. (laughs) And I think it's, it's important for me to share that with people because I had my first business, which in one, in one way was just a passion and a hobby that became a business serene. I started that in 2012 and built that um, slowly over time for five years. And then in 2017 had a very crazy end to that with my business partners and, and the ideas that we had just weren't working out. And, and really having like a rock bottom moment in 2017 of being like, okay, how did that just happen? How did I destroy my company that I love so much? How did I get blindsided sided by 
business partners and and my own uh, inability to kind of see what was really happening in my own world. And so in the healing of that and in the, con the confronting of myself and really being like, okay, how did I get myself here? I came to realize that what wellness official was really about was kind of the answer that I was that I was ignoring, which was mm -hmm. that I'm a community builder, that I am very passionate about diversity and inclusion, and not just in wellness, but in all spaces in, in our culture, that um, out of my own experiences of not having uh, seen a lot of diversity and inclusion in the wellness space, in what we call the wellness industry, I needed to be the answer to that, the response to that. And in my healing process, I wanted to also set myself up so that I could continually prioritize healing and make healing something that was accessible to people that looked like me and came from some of the same places that I came from. And so out of that very dark period, the, the response to healing was, am I willing to actually be what I wanna see and, and really rise to that occasion? And so that's, that's how Wellness Official started. I love it. And you said something I wanna come back to, the answer that you were ignoring. Can you mm -hmm. talk about that a bit more? Because I, I even without you going into context, just that triggered something in me because I feel like there's so many times along our path where we're hearing our inner voice, we're hearing outer voice, and it's like, nope, 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 until, like you said, you hit rock bottom. Like, it's like, no, I'm going to make you listen. <laughs> yes, I, my prayer is that y'all do not have to hit rock bottom like I did before you finally <laughs> answer those questions because it was a really tough time. And for me, the first thing that comes to mind when I said that and then when you asked me was, stepping into my power. Mm. I think the, 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 the number one thing that I had to really take responsibility for was that I would not take any ownership over what I knew, like what I knew, what I understood, my own unique lens on the world and on wellness and healing. I, I would constantly defer to other people. I didn't think I was smart enough. I thought that if someone went to Yale, that means that they were more informed than I was. I mean, that's a literal thought, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of what I realized was that um, I, I had really long held beliefs around my inability to launch my own ideas, my inability to, or my beliefs around my inability to, um, to take the lead. Yeah. And so what, what would happen in response is that people would test that people would take advantage of what I was willing to just take here, take this. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And instead, what I really had to come to the realization of is, well, I've lived this life and my life is incredibly unique. I started I started meditating when I was four years old. I have never worked a corporate job in my life. I have gone through all kinds of poverty and, and crazy, um, in, incredible experiences from modeling to working at Vibe with you to, to moving to New York when I was just 19, seeing the world as a Black woman, as an Afro-Latina woman, as a mixed person. There was a lot of things that I understood about the world that I needed to own and, and actually say, you know what? I don't know everything. I'm still learning. I'm still figuring things out. But these things, these things have worked for me. These are the things that I see that that no one else out here seems to be, you know, pushing to the forefront. And so I'm going to do that. And I'm going to own that, own my responsibility and own that there are other people like me out in the world that are, are seeking this too, instead of being afraid that maybe somebody else could do it better. Yeah. And I always say like, there's, there's, relatively speaking, everything exists in some form, but you and your unique thoughts, ideas, experiences, 
are unique to you. And that's similar to what you were just saying. But I think something that I struggled with early on and that I know a lot of people in both of our audience probably struggle with is how do you go from, yeah, but someone else is already doing that and that's already been done. And to, you know what, I'm confident. I'm empowered by my unique story, my unique perspective, what I can add to the table. What do you, what are some, maybe some tips for some first steps someone can take to start to, cause it's not something that happens overnight of, yeah, I'm so amazing. I'm great from, oh my gosh, everyone else is better than you, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that you added that last part because I think that the most unpopular response that I could give to that question is that also things take time, you know, and, and one of the things that I think about a lot is that I was willing to do things when nobody thought it was cool or interesting for yeah. a long time. Like I've been sharing this a lot more lately, but I slept on a lot of people's couches. I mean, some of the ladies who we worked with at Vibe Magazine, I remember sleeping on their couches because I couldn't afford to get an apartment when my last apartment lease was up, you know? So, you know, I, I do believe that there's a way to do these things without struggling as much as I did. And actually my prayer and some of the work that I do today is to help people not have to struggle to the depths that I had to. And at the same time, some of the sacrifices that I made and some of the things that I decided, you know what, I will just put in the work. I will just focus on actually developing myself, prioritizing my healing over time became the things that I knew so deeply, so personally that it wasn't that I needed confidence anymore to share it. I could genuinely say, this is what works for me. This is what, this is my story. This is what I've cultivated. And there, nobody could take that away from me. And so for me, and what, what, I, what I like to share with people when they ask me questions is like, it's actually going beyond confidence. It's going beyond um, having a brand or having um, you know, an elevator pitch. It's actually living what you're teaching. It's knowing because you have done it. You've done the quote unquote work, which I know is kind of an annoying thing to hear sometimes, but really having said, you know what, I, I hear these nudges from spirit or from my, from, from the universe or however you, you interpret that. And I'm actually dedicated to going on that path. I'm not going to push that off and say, oh, well, that's for lucky people. I'm actually going to let it be me. Why not me? And I'm going to keep doing that over and over and over again until I really find what it is that's calling me. And I can, and by the way, I can tell you it's, it's on the inside of you, not on the outside. And once you do that over time, nobody can take that away from you and nobody can be better at it or, or, or more advanced because it's yours. And it's a unique thing that is co-created with that, that, that greater source that lives within you and around you. So to me, that's the more authentic approach and that's what's sustainable because over this, this past 10 years, I've been in this path as a professional in the wellness industry, I've seen so many people come and go, even people who had huge followings and even best-selling books, because I think a lot of it from watching from the sidelines or being in the middle of it is that some of them found that through the, the tools that are easy to kind of like buy and, and recreate instead of actually embodying those things and then adding those tools. And I think that's, that's the combination that a lot of times we just don't talk about. I love it. And you said something that reminded me of the fact that you were one of the first people in my personal circle to talk about manifestation. And I remember you sharing like your project runway story with all of us. Um, and I'm like a huge co-creator, believe that we have the power to make things easy. We have the power to create what we desire. 
of course, there are many other things that go into that, especially as women of color, right? You go and tell your family, if I go tell you to my mom, like, I'm going to go manifest whatever, they're going to look at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right? Yes. That doesn't exist in our world. Can yes. you talk about that, especially from, from a woman of color perspective, the idea of manifestation and for people who maybe everyone's heard of it by now, but are kind of still like, eh, what is that? Right? Like what you said for lucky people, quote unquote, yes. what was your journey with manifestation and how has that impacted your business? Well, first thing, I just a little anecdote. I, I'm just thinking about some of those conversations and us riding down the PCH in your Audi and oh, just talking. <laughs> I remember some of my manifestation stories of like, girl, I met this man. Yeah. And I manifested him. And you know, man, that's a whole other that's a whole other episode. That's that's in the single days when we were single ladies. Yes. But uh and but all I the crazy my husband. I, oh, and I manifested my partner. So 100%. there we go. Like <laughs> Some of, it, some of it was ugly at times for me. I don't know about you, but before yeah. I met my man, it, that, that was a funny little manifestation world. But yes, um, I do believe in manifestation. And I, I actually, you know, speaking of my boyfriend, when, when we first met, he actually asked me, so what is your opinion on manifestation? Because I don't know if I believe in that. And I was like, well, honey, I manifested you. So we should talk about it. And one of the things I think he was really resistant to is just kind of sometimes the language that we hear in what's known as the wellness industry around manifestation. Like if you think about it and you just, you believe in it, then it, you'll manifest it. And I think there's actually so much more nuance to some of this than maybe some might see from just the outside, maybe our parents or some of our more cynical friends, because I think a lot of it is actually very, very logical. And um, I would say just thinking about my business and 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 the model that I constantly am recreating is that to manifest, you have to have clarity about what you even are manifesting to begin with. Which is often so, the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest part to get to clarity. And so if you're if you're not clear on what it is that you are creating, whether whether it's literally a house that you're building, not even quote unquote manifesting, but you're building a house, you need a blueprint, right? You need to know what you're building. So to me, you know, the parts about manifestation that are most exciting to me, especially as it relates to my business, are actually the most logical. And it's things like, okay, what is it that I actually want to create? And, you know, there's many formulas that we all have, and we teach about how to get to clarity and how to get to purpose. But I think what I realized in my process with Wellness Official that I didn't realize prior with my first business that failed miserably, but also beautifully, was that I had, a, I had so many blockages internally around being able to even see what was truly right for me, what was truly my purpose and my calling. Even though I was currently living in it, I couldn't quite see it clearly because I was blocked by things like trauma and PTSD, which I know that we <laughs> love to talk about in business. But I was just telling my girlfriend right before I got on this call that as I started to heal myself, clarity was more possible because I was able to not be uh, blinded or shrouded in, in the darkness or the veils of my own trauma, of my own fear, of my own uh, ideas in, in, fior, in, in, what's the word? In, Fair, in, inferiority, yeah. inferiority yeah. <laughs> and not enoughness. And so I would, I would really ask anybody that's listening that this resonates with, you know, if you're really wanting to build a business, know that that business that is calling you, that, that you can see for yourself in one way or another, or you just feel like you would like to be able to have, that is really the, the subconscious uh, reason for 
refining your soul. <laughs> like it's really not about the business. It's really about who you're going to become in the process of building that business. And so if you really ask me about manifestation, the first, first, first thing is to get clear and to get clear. That means you got to clear what's not actually you and what's not true. And a lot of times for us, that's trauma. That's, that's old programming from our communities, our families, our culture, right? And as a black woman, and actually unbeknownst for me for most of my life, being a first-generation American on my dad's side, who was born in Panama, there were all kinds of ancestral beliefs that were subconscious in my DNA that were not serving me, that were that seemed like the truth that were keeping me from being able to manifest things with ease, for example. So wow. I know I could go down a whole rabbit hole. I'll, I'll pause on that. <laughs> you talk about clarity though. And I remember definitely within probably about 10 years ago, being on my couch and like writing in a journal, I would love to create a women's empowerment platform. I had all these different ideas, but I couldn't visualize what is the thing? What do I, what is it? Is it a, is it a blog? Is it, what is it? Right. And I think a lot of people struggle with, I have this big idea, but I don't know what it is tangibly. How do I take the first step? I always tell my friends and clients, you've just got to start taking bold, messy action. And once you take the first next step, the next one is going to appear. I just started to like literally allow myself to play. I took piano lessons, things that had nothing to do with business to chart almost what you were saying about figuring out who am I really yes. am I putting on this persona or do I actually like going to this restaurant or doing these activities that I've said are my hobbies? Is that really me? Or have I subscribed to that because I, who I think I'm supposed to be? I'm curious on what your perspective is on even on your personal journey or what you've seen have worked for some of the people that you've worked with and getting that first step of clarity. Like we usually have this underlying big idea that might be subconscious, conscious, but then it's like, well, what do I do first? How do I even figure out what that looks like? Mm -hmm. Well, I also just realized that clarity is like one of the keywords of this entire show, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was not on purpose. I, I think you just really are summing up exactly what, that that beginning seed is about um I totally forgot what that question was could you ask me that question yeah, yeah, right completely. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I said a bunch of stuff and then didn't ask questions <laughs> no you did you the did the idea of purpose right that word used to make me cringe I know it makes a lot of people cringe because this fear of not figuring out what am I here to do so going from for example for me it was I want to create a woman's empowerment platform to figuring out what do I do first second third what do you feel like worked for you and what you see have works for other people in terms of getting that first step of clarity, right? Some people are like, do I just go buy a random website domain? Like what helps actually bring that clarity? I love that. Yeah, no, that's a really great question. I mean, it's funny that you even mentioned that because I remember the day that I was like, you know what, I'm ready to just make a move on this. I remember it was like a diverse and inclusive wellness community. I didn't know what that was going to be. I did, I thought maybe there was some ideas around it being a marketplace or something, yeah. but, and I literally was just like, I think at the time I was actually volunteering. Maybe I was getting paid something very little. And I was, I was working at a family friend's uh, uh, birthing center because I just wanted to like watch what she was doing. I wanted to learn. I was kind of just like doing yeah. nothing. So I was like, let me just go and volunteer or work with her for a couple hours a week. And I remember being at the desk, waiting, listening to her helping a woman give birth, literally. And I'm sure that's not a coincidence. And literally, I just heard wellness official. And I was like, wellness official? Huh. <laughs> I was like, wellness official, huh? I don't know if I really love that name, 
But you know what? We're going to buy that URL right now. <laughs> and I just did it. I think it was like 10 bucks. Yeah. I, and it wasn't even .com at the time. It was .co. And I was just like, we're going with it. You know, I think, I think one of the things that I, I hear a lot in my community and, and people who DM me is that there's just such a fear around making mistakes. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I make mistakes all day, every day. Yeah. And I think maybe one of the secrets to what's been happening with my growth the past few years has just been like, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, I, I used to, when I wasn't writing my own newsletters, I can't tell you how many times I would have misspelled words in the oh subject gosh. of this newsletter, <laughs> uh, let alone once you opened it, you know, and people would be like, hey, I think you spelled a uh, subject wrong, you know? So I think one of the things that is really important to, to your point is to just do things and see what works. Yeah. And, and, and to me, in the past, I had a lot of shame and I, I deferred to others because I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I was good enough or that I had enough fill in the blank to be able to even write those emails or buy that URL. So again, it's like going back to that programming, healing the subconscious, healing our own trauma and, and, and what we were, were taught to believe about ourselves and what's possible. And so as I started to heal that, misspelling something in the subject of my email newsletter was not that big of a deal because I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll just send another one anyways, right? <laughs> Whoever unsubscribes for that, uh, whatever. You probably weren't my people anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's not that big of a deal, you know? And if it is like, okay, we're going to see more of it. So should uns unsubscribe now. Um, and so I think, you know, it, it really has been, I mean, even to this day, we, we just try things out. The other thing is, and I, I always tell my team this, and I think we're really on the same page now. Whenever we want to launch something new or we have people saying, we'd really love you to do this, we really love your training to be X, Y, and Z. We keep hearing feedback over and over again. I actually don't let that be the priority over what do I enjoy? What do I want to do? You know, what do I feel excited about? What do I think would just be like the coolest freaking retreat ever? And then I'm going to go do that because I think one of the things that can get really um, quickly, that can quickly happen when we create businesses, especially people who come from more corporate backgrounds than I, is that they can kind of set up businesses that are more like a corporate business that they came from that are not fun. They're just going through the motions, doing what they think they should do because other people told them that's what the market wants. Yeah. And I'm really under the belief and, and the practice of I'm going to do what I find really interesting and really fun and, and really healing because that's really the lens of which everything you know, passes through in my work. And then I'm going to see who else thinks that's cool. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can yell that from as many rooftops as possible so I can find as many people that also think that that's healing and helpful. And then what I found is that's how things stick. And when they don't stick or I don't find it helpful or healing anymore, I let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the hardest thing to do. And you introduced me to breath work. And I'd love for you to share one, a little bit about what breath work is for anyone that doesn't know. But also, I know that's something you offer your community. What is your process in creating the offerings for your business? I know you said you, you kind of figure out, okay, what do I want to do? What's maybe your process and how someone else can maybe translate that for their own business when they're trying to figure out, well, what do I actually offer people here? Yeah, I love that. It's, it's actually funny that you asked me because again, I was literally just talking to a friend of mine who asked me that right before I got on this uh, call. And, you know, I shared with her that 
my first training that I did, so I teach integrative energy healing, which is a fusion of breath work and energy healing that focuses on the chakra system, the subconscious mind, and using breath work to take us into altered states so that we can basically be a witness to our own patterns and make new choices. And so the breath work that I teach is a very deep practice as in it takes you to states that are similar to what's induced with psychedelics without taking psychedelics. And so sometimes people can get to those states when they're dreaming or doing really deep um, meditation sessions or even taking psychedelics or doing things like EMDR or um, hypnosis. But this breath work is a very specific pattern of breath. And within minutes, if you're guided in a, in a certain way, you can really see parts of your, your psyche that maybe you've blocked from yourself. And so you know, I actually got to this, this practice of integrative energy healing through a winding path of many years of just trying things out. And again, for me, it was like, I had a lot of trauma. I had a lot of PTSD. I put that in air quotes because I know that those words sound, you know, laden with all kinds of, you know, ideas of what that means. But for me, I was carrying a lot of things from my childhood that really were showing up in my day-to-day -day life. And I needed to find something that could actually help me heal that. And so I just kept practicing different things, kept going to different classes, um, trying things at home. And then slowly I started to share that with people very organically. I would, I would share with people when I would hold events, I would say, if you'd like to get some energy healing after you can stay. And then over time, the things that people really liked, I started to hone in on more. The things that I found were really working that I also simultaneously enjoyed and felt were impacting me and my own healing, I started to hone in. And I would be like, huh, there's something about this breath work that I'm practicing at home that is really, really, really potent. Why don't I bring this breath work to my energy healing practice? And so then I would slowly work on that and see how that was working and kind of experiment with my with my clients, sharing with them, I'm experimenting. I, I wonder if you'd be open to trying this thing. And then over time, again, I would hear more feedback, hear more things that people liked and I would hone in on that more. And it wasn't until 2020, after practicing as an energy and breathwork teacher for a few years, full time, did I finally give in to the request to teach it as a teacher training? And that was just because so many people were asking me. But by the time I had gotten to that, I had really gotten clear on my own specific formula because I tried things out and I put the time in and I just kept practicing. So I'll say this to say that for me, with, with the people who train in my energy healing classes and trainings, I always say to them, put in 200 hours. Just keep practicing because then you'll see what you're particularly uh, expert at. You'll see where you can really serve people because you've tried it out enough times. Yeah. And then they'll give you the feedback and you'll be able to understand exactly what that offering is that's unique and specific and potent specifically from you. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I hear in all that you say is you're not afraid to make mistakes. And I actually get excited about making mistakes because mistakes bring you data. If you're, I always feel like if I'm afraid of making mistakes, I'm basically saying success. I don't want you. Like I want the data as quickly as I can to do exactly what you were just saying, that fine tuning, fine tuning. What am I excited about? What are other people reacting to? And it really is to be an entrepreneur, you've got to make mistakes mm -hmm. <laughs> and be okay with that and, and acknowledge that it's, it's going to happen. And I think that's 
something that you clearly have a strong suit of doing, but I think people think, oh, you're either born with that or not. No, <laughs> I always say like, I'm terrified every day. I just make a decision that fear, get in the car, we're going, we have places to go. Like, I don't have time to sit around and, and lolly with you in bed. We have to go, we have things to do. And I love that you also bring that to what the work that you're doing, the work that you're doing with your clients, because I think you know, people see the end result and think, oh, it's just easy for Milana or it's easy for Natanya. And like, no, we have the oh. same imposter syndrome, mindset, fears, monsters that come up. And I say the further along you go, and we were just talking about this the other day on the phone, um, which I'd love to get your perspective on money mindset shifts that you've had to make just like up leveling, especially being black women is just like, whoa. And then you, you have a tendency to want to like self-sabotage, right? And you have to kind of check yourself. So what has been your journey with the money mindset of, of being an entrepreneur, being a female business owner? How has that shifted for you? How have you grown within that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you've been such an expander for me. I mean, just watching what you've done for the past couple of years and learning from you and getting to work with you has been really, really impactful and eye-opening. So I just want to highlight that um, because yeah, it's, it's, I, I would say it's also extremely helpful to have people around you that you can watch and that you can learn from and that you can have real conversations with as, as they are growing and as you're growing. That's a major factor. But one of the things I was thinking as you were just speaking is that it feels like the, the sabotage becomes more covert now, you know, because I, I know some of the more classical sabotage, yeah. but like the, the, you know, some of the more covert things could just be like, huh you know, everything's good. So I don't really have to do much, you know, because everything is pretty good now. So like, you know, but when I was damn near or literally homeless living on my friend's couches, I know things are not good. You know, it's like <laughs> that will drive you to do some action. Sometimes when things are smooth, it's actually harder to really continue to take things up to the next level or even just keep up with things that are expanding quickly. Um, so for me, I would say with <laughs> money, and my transformation with money has been so profound and so meaningful for me because money for me was just literally one of the biggest struggles that I had. And I, I you know, I didn't come from money. I didn't come from um, a family that, that taught me just even basic skills around money, but I had always been a hustler. And that wasn't, uh, that, that for many years was very helpful to help me get out of, of, of tough spots, but it wasn't helpful for me after when hustling was no longer really the way to do it. Um, and it was really more about ease and spaciousness and alignment and doing, doing the work that was great and quality, but not like constantly being in a survival concept of survival mindset. And so, you know, it's, it's been really interesting because, you know, I was just thinking even this morning when I was um, 16 years old, I actually started a, a, a high school sorority called the Diamond Duchess. I don't know if I ever told you that. I started a high school sorority. Actually, I think I was 15 called the Diamond Duchess in Houston, Texas. And we had 55 girls. And then via uh, survivor style, which is not a coincidence that, that we literally modeled the, the selection process like the the horrible survival TV show, um, we became a group of 15 women that were called the dynasty. And I had people pay oh dues gosh. and everybody would sell candy and, oh man, it was a whole thing. But women in high school. <laughs> 
we used to do car washes at 17 and I'd be like girls you better wear short shorts because that's how we're going to make more money I mean it was it was horrible it was really it was <laughs> not not the way to be all the time but <laughs> but it was really in my blood to to you know pull myself upward but what I realized was also in my in my training as a young human being was that survival was the only option and that there wasn't this thing where you were given thriving, that thriving was like some far off thing that might happen to you when you get older, if you're lucky and that you just got to survive. And so for me, transcending that was really challenging. Um, I have to be constantly mindful of that mindset. It, It doesn't creep up on me that often anymore, but it took a lot of work in the past three, four years to really transcend survival mode. And looking back, I think that sometimes being in survival mode when you are actually in a life or death situation or you're living in in an abusive household or, um, you know, you're really struggling to to get by with your most basic needs, sometimes you have to activate that animal part of of our psyche. But once we get ourselves out of those basic needs being met, I find that survival mode, especially as it relates to money, is not helpful. And so it's really transcending that for me, that's been, um, I, I believe how I was able to come into real wealth building uh, as it relates to my work and, and my finances. Yeah. You posted the other day, sometimes money is the cheapest price to pay. And just that sentence, you said a whole word for my entire life, like everyone's entire life. I was like, take us to church, Milana. <laughs> Because it's so true. Like, you know, we can sacrifice peace. We can sacrifice our happiness from avoiding investing in ourselves. And we often give up so much more than whatever the dollar amount is. Obviously, you know, you have to have the resources to be able to invest in certain things. But I really just that one sentence, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel seen. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, even you retweeting it, I was like, oh, and she right on time reminded me I need to invest in myself right now. Um, You know, I think something that comes to mind with that, I was just thinking about, sorry, I was just thinking about um, people have been asking me a lot about investing and, and how I got started in investing. I'm super deep into crypto now. And I, I've had a, a stock portfolio for a few years. And when I started investing in stocks, I didn't really have a regular paycheck. I mean, I was, I was an energy healer and I had a decent practice enough to get by. But um, one of the things that I, I decided to do after uh, listening to like a talk or something one day was, you know what, every single time I get money, and I mean, every single time it lands into my bank account, I'm gonna take 10% of that and I'm gonna invest into stocks no matter what. And if, and, and if for some reason, by the time I go to my bank account and it's over withdrawn, which would happen a lot, and I know some of y'all hear me on that, I would make up for it when that money got replenished. And so I did that religiously, it, it, no matter what. And the funny thing started to happen. I started to make more money. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> and not only did I start to make more money, and of course that's not even just manifestation, but I would then go look in my brokerage accounts and be like, oh my God, I've got a few thousand dollars here. Yeah. Oh my God, that investment in Apple just grew up by 30% over two years. And those, th- those kinds of things are working in the background in your subconscious mind, as well as in your brokerage account or in your business accounts, right? Because in your mind, you know that you've got 
a little bit more cushion. You've got a little bit more safety. You've got a little bit more support. You know that you've got something that's growing and working for you. And in the subconscious mind, that's doing so much for the kind of bets that you're going to take, the chances you'll take, because you know that you're betting on yourself, that you're willing to put something aside for the future and that it's worth it. And so it's little things like that, let alone investing in courses or amazing coaches or, or even a, a really important book. I find that we, we just say we don't have it, but really it's the mindset that we don't have it that keeps us from being able to get even just something so simple as 20 bucks put aside to grow. Yes. I love that. And it's really start with what you have today because you just by what you said, you are living proof of that. You know, I would often, if I only had $5 put in a savings account, those, that $5 was going in there and yes. it's the practice and what you were saying, like you did it religiously, the repetition that also put something in you subconsciously, like it, you also are just disciplined and that's important to you. It's a priority to you. And yes. you, you got so much more back in return. Yes. This has been incredible. You have given so many gems. I'm so excited for everyone to learn more about you and see a little bit of what I get to see and just witnessing all that you're doing to really change, not just wellness, but the space for women, for black women, for women of color, you're doing so much. And I'm excited to see what you do with crypto and investing. Cause I want to learn from you. So I know a lot of you are probably <laughs> wanting to learn more from Alana. Um, so definitely excited to do, see what you do there and what you create there. But if anyone wants to learn, more about you, where can they connect with you and wellness official? Yes. Thank you so much. Well, there's a couple of different things that we have coming up that we're super excited about. And if you go to the link in my bio on Instagram, you can kind of click in, or you can go to milanasnow.com. Um, next year, we're launching a really exciting course for healers to help healers build their businesses to full-time and beyond. And these are literally all of the basics and advanced uh, hard-won lessons that I learned as a healer over the past 10 years, all in a course. And so I'm really excited about that. We'll have a part two coming up in the spring. Um, if you want to sign up for that, the wait list is in my bio. We also are going to be launching a few different energy healing trainings next year, which I'm super excited about because we'll be doing some out of the country. We'll be in Europe. We'll do some more in Los Angeles. They always sell out. They are literally one of the most powerful experiences that I've ever even been a part of, let alone the, the fact that I get to teach on in terms of the kind of healing that happens within days. So if that's something that you're looking for your own personal healing journey, or you want to be a healer and you want some more tools to help your clients with, that's also a great way to do it. So you can go to the link in my bio, there's a wait list for that. And then lastly, I think, you know, when it comes to crypto and all things stocks and investment, I'm really excited about it. We're going to be doing some really cool projects and some courses and workshops in the next couple of months. So if you're interested, you can also just get on the newsletter and you'll get all the updates and you'll just be able to watch on my Instagram in general because I'll be dropping all kinds of stuff for the next few months anyways. Love it. And I have to ask this question because the thing that sparked my journey was really figuring out what was something I always wanted to do. I'd love to know, and I know you are someone that like speaks things into existence and you've done so much already. Is there something that's on your like one day list? And it could be related to what you're already doing, completely unrelated, but I'd love to know what's on your one day list. I love it. Well, you know, I feel like anybody who's in my community, who's ever heard me on a podcast, they know that I am just so excited about the home that my boyfriend and I are going to be buying. 
um, because I want to have acreage in the middle of East Side LA. And so <laughs> it's not just buying a house, it's finding the property that has acreage and and or maybe buying a few different houses. So that is something that um, I'm just like super excited about that I've been creating. And yeah, I think that's one of my one day manifestations that's actually unfolding in real time right now. So I'll of keep on saying that. Milana <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like if you just like touch Milana, your manifestation like rubs off on you. Hell yeah, come, come give me a hug. I got you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I will link to Milana's Instagram and website in the show notes. And thank you so much, Milana. Thank you. I hope this episode gives you more clarity and proof that you can create a life you truly love. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to connect and serve those who are ready to use their ideas and experiences to positively impact the lives of others. If you want to connect more, follow me on Instagram at The Bravo Life.